All right, well, let's uh, get our Bibles open right now and uh, jump into God's Word. I'm going to get you to turn to two places. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. That's kind of our, our key spot that we're in. And then Philippians chapter 4. And so you see it all there on the screen. And so keep your finger kind of in Philippians chapter 4. We'll get into that uh, in a second. But you might remember from last uh, message last week, we ended off by talking about the opportunity, okay, the opportunity that lays in front of each one of us here to truly be transformed uh, in our hearts and in our minds, okay? If you are weary, okay, from whatever your issues might be, right, you've got some, some issues in your life that you're seeing needs to get changed. Maybe for you, uh, it's debilitating insecurities, right? And these things just plague your heart and your mind constantly. Maybe it's for, for you, it's, it's worry, right? And this is, it's cycling through all that. It's keeping you up at night. It's worry. It's anxiety. It's fear. It's for you, maybe flashes of anger. It feels like that anger is like just below the, the, the surface and, and you're kind of white knuckling it, trying to keep that down, but it continues to pop up and it's a problem. Maybe for you, it's just, it's selfish pursuits. You're all about you. You're all about your thing. You're all about your hobbies. You're all about whatever. And it's, it's driving you, you know, some of your relationships uh, apart. Again, if you are convicted by, by these types of things, whatever it might be for you in your life, if you are grieving the sin, you're grieving the brokenness, or, or maybe it's choking on the shame of it all. Maybe you carry that shame with you all the time. Regardless, this series here that we've been going through, and we've got a message today, a message next week to finish it all off, this is intended to help us turn the tables or flip the script on that narrative. Okay, you and I have, like I said, this, this incredible opportunity here in front of us uh, to see real, actual transformation happen uh, deep within us that will impact literally every area of our lives, okay? Literally every area. Now, one of the amazing things about all of this, and hopefully you're starting to see this now, is that this change that we're talking about, this growth that we've been talking about is, is totally within our reach. Okay? It's not a million miles away and you're never going to get there. Because okay? I think sometimes, though, we kind of believe that. We, we believe these things about transformation that aren't even true. They're not even accurate. Okay? Uh, like, like maybe for you, it's like, if I just pray hard enough, you know, in enough times and with enough blood, sweat, and tears, maybe then God will, will finally stop being so stingy. And finally stop, start paying attention to me and throw me a bone and, and, and change me already. That's, that's not the right attitude. That's, that's not based in what's actually true. Maybe some of us, we believe that the idea of transformation is this, you know, mysterious or, or largely unknowable phenomena or, or, or process that, that God just randomly allows some people to experience, but, but not others. Yeah, but that's, not, that's not true either. Because as we'll see here today, the scriptures are actually very straightforward about what transformation involves. But it's amazing to me how easily we miss it. Right? We know these scriptures kind of, but we just kind of breeze over them and we don't really recognize, okay, that's what that's actually saying to us. Okay? And we know as we've been looking at Romans 12 that it's about renewing our minds. Renewing our minds. It's choosing to think about and then believe what is good and right and true instead of, instead of the lies that have attached themselves 
uh, to our hearts, right? It's then practicing that, that mindset, that, that approach over and over again as, as God's Spirit binds that truth to our souls deep within, and then we learn to just live out of that, live from that place. Okay, so if you're, you've been kind of discouraged about transformation, and, and maybe you're kind of thinking, yeah, when I'm in my, like, late 90s, maybe then I'll start to see a slight change in my life over this issue that's bothered me for maybe decades. Listen, start to allow yourself to, to kind of accept that, that all of this, this growth is, is really within our grasp. It's not very far from us. Okay, so as we get into this here, I just want to kind of start our time off with, with prayer, and so I want to invite you to join me uh, as we pray and ask the Lord to do this work of heart, in our hearts of transformation, all right? Let's pray. God, we thank you uh, for your scriptures. We thank you for your word. We thank you that they're actually very straightforward and clear about what transformation involves. Lord, I pray that we would grab hold of this today and every day, Lord, and, and recognize that uh, by grace, we can change. We, we, re- we really can. And so, uh, Lord, um, bless your church today, Lord, by drawing near to us. Uh, bless your church today by helping us understand the scriptures and some of what this process looks like, Lord, and, and, and motivate us, according to the gospel, uh, to, to, to love truth and to cling to it and allow that to drive our actions and our behavior, our very lives. And so, God, we pray that as all of these things take place and, and we learn about this, Lord, we pray that Christ would be glorified and honored, Lord. We pray it all in his name. Amen. Amen. All right, so Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Uh, this has, of course, been our theme verse for, uh, for this series. And uh, you know this first part. I'm going to read this. It says here, uh, do not be conformed to this world. And so that's what we focused on. We, we dove into that last Sunday. We've been breaking this verse into three parts. This week is the second part. Um, but, but that do not be conformed to this world. First part there, um, how'd you do this week? You know, as you've been thinking about all the different ways that, that you have uh, conformed to this world. Have you, have you thought about that? Did you spend some time assessing kind of where you're out? Remember where you're at with that? Uh, maybe you remember uh, that we talked about how to begin to figure out the different ways that we conform uh, to this world. And we talked about kind of three things. And let's get this first one uh, up on the screen here. Uh, it's first of all determining um, our behaviors, right? This is how we identify the, those areas of our lives. We talked about this, right? The behaviors, our actions are the parts that we can see and certainly other people can see are, are kind of sideways in our lives, right? Like why do I rage and start screaming and yelling and making a fuss when I get upset? You know, maybe for you it's like a, a gambling addiction and you're online, playing online poker all the time. That's an outward behavior, Okay, there are all kinds of issues and behaviors. We have to, first of all, identify those things. Those, that's like the, f- the fruit of what's happening in your lives. And then there's this second thing here. You see it there. It is, it's determining the, the desires now. Right? Starting to think through, what are, what are the desires of my heart that are, that are manifesting themselves in these outward behaviors? Every behavior that we have can be traced back to to an, a, a desire that has gone askew, right? And, 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 an, and, and an idol, something that we now love and want more than we want God. And you remember we talked about this, that source idol chart. You want to throw that up on the screen? You remember this from last 
week. We're not going to go through all of it. Um, But on the left side of that column there, you see the four main source idols that are surging and brewing in the deepest recesses of all of our hearts. You've got this desire for comfort or approval or control or, or power. Every behavior can somehow be sourced back into one of those uh, four idols. And so we've got we've to do some digging a little bit and try and figure out what are, my, what are my idols? What am I wrestling with there? And then the next thing we talked about beneath the idols are really the, the beliefs that we have. That's the third thing. Or, or, or the lies that are beneath the idols that drive the desire and then drive the behavior, and that's how we live our lives. So did you spend some time thinking about that? Right? What are some of the beliefs that I have deep down about, about let's say, comfort, if that's your idol? Like, do you, you believe deep down that you deserve pleasure? You deserve that comfort, or you need it more than you actually do. Those are, the, those are some of the lies that are surging around in our hearts that we believe deep down. Now listen, all of that, those three things right there, that's all last week, right? But all of that is, is a really like crucial part and step in the process of, of transformation. It, it's figuring some of that stuff out. It's determining that. Because when we see those three things and, and we can articulate what those things are in our lives, Okay, then we can get to what the next part of Romans chapter 12, verse 2 uh, says. Okay, and here's what it is. Look at it with me. He says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. Okay, for years, our minds get stuck in these ruts, right? In these, in these well-worn patterns, this, this, this thinking, these beliefs that are that are off base, that, that, that are wrong, that are, that are false, okay? But, but what happens is, is we live according to those, to those things, okay? And so if we want to be transformed and we want to get to that place where some of these issues are now changing, it requires that our, our belief system deep down needs to experience um, a serious shift, right? Our belief system needs to change, it needs to go from a kind of a, a surfacey kind of understanding of truth, right? A kind of a head knowledge relationship with what's true to, to deeper than that, so to heart knowledge, to experiential knowledge. When the Bible uses the word knowledge, that's what it means. It's not talking about like learn a bunch of facts in your head. It's experience them, live according to them. That's what knowledge really is. And so we've got to get that truth from being surfacey down deeper into our soul. And so if you're wondering, all right, that's making enough sense to me, Pastor, but how do we actually do this? Well, that all brings us to this first thing. Okay, first thing today, two points. Okay, I can truly be transformed as I renew my mind, deciding to focus my thoughts and beliefs on the right things. Okay, and this, of course, brings us to Philippians chapter 4. And so hopefully you're there in your Bibles, uh, verse 8. And now this, these, these two verses that we're going to look at, verses 8 and 9 today, uh, this comes after or at the end of a section where Paul is, is, is teaching the people. He's kind of giving his final instructions. He's, he's encouraging them. And then this is what he says in verse 8. He says, finally, brothers, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. 
See how straightforward that is? Think about these things. Now, to, to think about something literally refers to what you tell yourself in your mind. Okay, that's what it means to think about something. It's what you tell yourself, what you, what you say to yourself. Now, I'm one of those weird guys. My family always catches me. Um, I, I talk to myself, which is like super embarrassing. I don't know if any of you are like that. And yeah, we got a couple of hands. And uh, my family will come in. It'll be Andrew Karras all the time, right? And you're like, so what you talking about? You know, and, and they make fun of me because I'm kind of weird that way. But do you realize that, that we all do that in our minds? We all do that in our heads, maybe not as strange as me in actually saying it out loud, okay? But that's what we do. We tell ourselves things um, constantly, okay? You and I have, have multiple thoughts constantly running through our, our conscious and our subconscious minds uh, all the time, at, at every moment of, of every single day. It never shuts off, okay? Meaning that we, we are perpetually telling ourselves what we believe about the world. We're always telling ourselves what we believe about, about ourselves, about about other people, uh, about God himself, right? All of this happens so naturally and so automatically that, that we hardly even notice that it's happening. Okay, so for example, many of us woke up this morning and, and have, have thought about or, or have told ourselves uh, what we believe about uh, our appearance, Right? You get up in the morning and you stumble into the bathroom and you're wiping the sleep out of your eyes and you're like, ugh, like you look in the mirror, right? And, and, and for some of us, we are, we're, we're telling ourselves that and we're tying it to our identity. And we're like, that, that's who I actually am. The, the, I, I believe that I look amazing this morning or I believe that, that who I am is tied to, to my body shape and, and it affects our relationships because then we walk into church and, and, and sometimes we, we size other people up and we're playing the comparison game. If only I looked like that or I'm glad I don't look like that, right? And you see how, how what we believe about, what we think about how we look can actually impact many areas of life, right? And on, on top of all of this, uh, we've all kind of told ourselves this morning uh, what we think about church. Whether you realize it or not, you've woken up and you've thought, man, what, a, what an opportunity. This is so great. We get to, to gather with God's people or tune in online or come sit outside. The weather's nice and, and hear from God's word and worship and connect with other believers. And, and so there, there are beliefs that you have about that. Others of us have said, oh man, what a drag. It's church today, right? And, and I don't really want to get up and I don't really want to do this. Why do, I, why do I keep doing this every week? Maybe let's just sleep in or skip or, or whatever. Right? We all have this, this soundtrack of thoughts and beliefs and opinions and attitudes and, and emotions and feelings and, and, and lies and, and some truths for sure playing through our minds and our, and our hearts all the time. Right? It's, just, it's just going around the clock on a loop. Okay, that's why... That's why Paul Tripp says, you've heard me say this quote before, and we're going to get this on the screen, but this is why Paul Tripp says that no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one speaks to you more than you do. I love that line, and that's exactly what he's talking about. It's that, it's that narrative that's constantly flowing uh, through us, again, all the time. Now, most of this, most of this speaking to ourselves, most of our thinking, most of our, our belief system that plays on repeat, this is happening 
uh, in our subconscious, okay, or, or, or deep down kind of in our hearts. Now, a couple of things um, to kind of help us even just understand some of the, the biology and, and the science of that. Uh, we've got our, our, some really good friends of ours, and, and I've been chatting with her, and she's very, very knowledgeable and well-versed on, on this and studying this extensively. And so uh, she's been explaining some of these things to you, and I found this, again, quite fascinating. But, um, but I've been learning that, that, that our conscious mind, okay, so our conscious mind can process uh, 40 bits of information per second, okay, 40 bits of information per second, whereas our subconscious mind can process 20 million bits of information uh, per second, which is a lot. Okay? And it goes to show us just how much more powerful our subconscious mind is than, this, than the conscious mind and why our subconscious controls so much of our life. Okay? So our, our subconscious mind, what we, what we think about and believe deep down, listen to this. Our subconscious mind controls 95 to 97%, okay, of what you and I do in a day. Do you know that? Were you aware of that? Now listen to this, okay? Research shows that 70% of the average person's subconscious, okay, so their thoughts and, and their beliefs, 70% of the average person's subconscious is negative and redundant. Okay, negative and redundant. Meaning that, that, think about it, most of us here in this room, okay, uh, think about and, and, and believe, what we think about and believe and are, are driven by, again, 70% of our thoughts and beliefs are, are lies and negativity. Okay, lies and negativity. Okay, and that junk, again, it just plays on repeat all day. Now, now when, as I've heard this and, and starting to kind of absorb this, that has been equal parts fascinating and appalling to me, right? As I think about this is how we, this is how we live. Now, if, if that's what the research shows us, okay, then, then you can see why the Bible, why, why God himself, who's the creator of our minds, right, the, the conscious and the subconscious, okay, you can see why he tells us here in Philippians 4 verse 8, uh, think about these things. Okay, think about these things. To, to focus your, your thoughts and, and your beliefs on the, the right things. You can see why he says that. Because he, he knows that, that, that the direction our lives go in are, are massively influenced by the quality of our thoughts and our beliefs deep down. Okay, and because we've, we've all been affected by sin... Okay, it means that, that a big part of our natural kind of default setting, our mindset, our focus is largely negative and wrong. Now you might be thinking, that's kind of disturbing. Like, like how, how, do I, how do I change this? Like, like, how do I kind of shift that whole 70% thing and, and that negative loop that just plays over and over in my, in my mind, the lies that I believe? How do I shift? Well, let's just kind of take an example here of one of those source idols that we've talked a little bit about. Let's just say that, that you're an approval junkie. 
Okay, let's say that that's a deep desire that you have. You, you, know, you care too much about what, what people's opinions are of you. And it would be a nightmare for you if someone rejected you as a person and, and, and cast you aside, or, or even if someone just disagreed with you about something that you believed. And, and, and that approval need that you have deep down creates these deep feelings of insecurity and, and, and cowardice in certain situations. And so because of that, you end up just caving to whatever a person says or, or thinks or, or wants. Okay, so again, if that's you, if that's you know, one of your struggles, what do we do about this? Well, again, after identifying those specific lies that we believe deep down, that we looked at last week, okay, then it's, it's about deciding to now focus my thoughts and, and my beliefs on the right things. Okay? And God tells us here in verse 8 exactly what to start thinking about how to start shifting uh, that focus. And so we're going to just like, go through these eight words that, that, that the Lord tells us to focus on here and think about. Okay, First of all, look and just follow along in your Bible with me and underline these, right? Highlight these. He says, first of all, think about what is true. Right? Think about what is true. Think about that, that God, when it comes to approval, he's already given you his approval through the gospel. Right? He's, he's already said, I approve of you completely. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. You have to think about that. You have to think about how his approval is, at the end of the day, the only approval that matters. Right? His, his approval is the only approval that, that actually satisfies us. His approval is the only approval that's, that's worth clinging to. Have you realized how, how bad it is? And it's just not worth it clinging to the approval of somebody else. Because their approval of us can change on a dime. They can decide all of a sudden that, that they, they don't approve of us, and they don't love us, and they don't care about us, or whatever. Right? Do you really want to like, travel on that roller coaster constantly? Or do you want to lock into the fact that, that Christ's approval is on you now, regardless of your behavior, regardless of the up and down weekend that you have already have in terms of your conduct and your thinking? God's approval on you is perfect because he sees you as he sees Christ, right? And, and so we need to think about what is actually true when it comes to the issue of, of approval. And on top of that, keep going here, it says to think about or, or decide to believe whatever is honorable. Okay, whatever is honorable, whatever is morally correct. Okay, what's, what's actually honorable here as, as a people pleaser is, is God's opinion of you. That's the honorable thing, right? And for you to, to learn to value God's opinion over other people's opinion. Your, your high view of man that you, that you have, that needs to come down a couple of notches. And your low view of God, it needs to come up a bunch of notches. That is what is honorable. Think about that. Okay, next God tells us here to think about or, or to focus on whatever is just. Okay, whatever is fair, whatever is equitable. You ever think about the, the grave injustice that it is that you've allowed your life, your behavior, your actions, your emotions to be dictated by the opinions and the approval of other, you know, morally corrupt sinners? You ever thought about that? that that's an injustice. It, it would be just to, to get your, your, your approval tied into the incorruptible God and his opinions and the fact that, again, he's already approved of you. You're highly valued. You are, you are deeply loved, again, as proven through, through the gospel. 
right? Christ has saved you from sin. Everything that Christ did in living the perfect life, that is now given to you the moment that you get saved. All of your sin, all of your junk, all of your, you know, bad track record, that has all been transferred to Christ. That's been, that's been punished. That's been, that's been taken care of in the cross. That's been tossed aside. Now God looks at you as though you have accomplished what Christ has accomplished. Right? That, is, that is what you receive. That's one of the amazing things that you receive when you get saved. And of course, I would challenge and encourage anybody who has not yet put their faith in Jesus Christ to do that. Realize what you get. You get forgiveness of your sins. You get this brand new identity. You get all the love and all the approval that your heart craves. Do you think about that? Hey, what else does it say that we should think about and, and believe? How about whatever is pure? That's the fourth word. Christ's approving Love for you is like the most pure thing you could ever hope to receive. Oh yeah, and we have received it, right? It's already yours. Think about that. Think about the, you know, make the conscious decision to, to believe whatever is lovely. That's the fifth word. The Lord God himself, of course, is, is lovely. Think about that. Spend some time meditating on that. Focus your your attention and your affections on his loveliness instead of that, that very unlovely kind of warped desire that you have for, for people's approval, right? It'll cast light and, and give you much-needed perspective on what's going on and, and, and what's been the drive of your heart. Next year, we're called to think about whatever is commendable and whatever is truly admirable. Okay, again, how about the gospel itself? Again, it's going back to and thinking about it and just appreciating what God has done for you through Jesus and what he is continuing to do in you through Jesus in rescuing you from these, from these lies, from these desires for this human approval that, that you so crave and, of course, we know at the end of the day is so shaky. It could be gone the next moment. Seventh word, it says, think about what is excellent. What is excellent is, is what is good. I mean, it is such a, a good and excellent thing that, that Christ is, is relie- releasing you from the bondage to that approval idol that you have and, and that you're learning to live out from now God's approval for you, which, of course, you, you don't need to and can't earn. He gives that to you as a gift of grace the moment that you get saved. Lastly, I love how it says, if, if there's anything worthy of praise, okay, all of the things in this list, everything that we're talking about here are worthy of praise. So do you do that? Do you, do you thank the Lord? Do you worship him? Do you, do you praise him for this reality? Okay, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind involves making a decision and, and shifting your focus here, where you might be kind of thinking, like, I, I, I really feel the need for that person's approval right now. I feel that urge, that, that, that craving inside. But, but, but the truth is that I do not actually need it according to what's true. I do not actually need it according to the word of God, according to what God says. And I will not, I'm deciding now, I will not allow that crave for approval to dictate my life any longer. I'm not going to allow it to to govern me and and lead my thoughts and my my emotions and and my beliefs. I'm I'm, I'm done with with that way of life. I will think about what is good, what is right, what is correct, what is true. Now you might be thinking like, okay, that again, that makes I think some sense to me, but 
kind of how do I do that? Like, I, I need more, more practical help here in this. How do I actually focus my thoughts on this? Well, that gets us to this last thing. Yeah, I can truly be transformed as I renew my mind, consistently practicing this mindset, knowing that God is with me. Okay, consistently practicing this mindset is so key. Philippians 4 verse 9 shows us this. Look what it says. Paul continues. He says, what you have learned, okay, what you have received and heard and seen in me. Okay, so, so think about that. They've, they've learned from Paul's teaching. Remember, he traveled there and he taught the people. He, they, they've learned some things from him. They've, they've received his teaching, his encouragement, his exhortation. They've, they've heard truth from his lips. Okay, they've heard those things. They've, they've seen him model all of that in his own life. He's lived it out in front of them. Okay? And so now he says, look what he says. He says, practice these things. Okay, actually practice them. And, and look, the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. See, one of the things that I think we're all somewhat guilty of is, is receiving instruction or, or hearing truth Okay, and or, or counsel, and, and really all we do is that is we take it out for a bit of a test drive, right? Like I, I okay, I, I believe that, and, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that for a little bit, but then we kind of we kind of put it away, and we end up just kind of going back to what we to what we used to do. Okay, but here in verse nine, Paul shows us that it's such a critical part of of thinking about all the right things that he said in the previous verse. Okay, is now practicing them, practicing it. Okay, not, not giving up on the process, not, not quitting because, because it's hard, but, but learning to be consistent in our, in our thinking, consistent in what we tell ourselves, right? consistent in latching on to what is true. Okay? Transformation involves consistently practicing the right mindset. Okay, that's why we're told in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, to renew our minds. Right? Because our thinking tends to get negative and, and detached from what's actually true. Right? Hence the, the need for it to be constantly renewed. Right? And, and that's, a, that's a continual or, or ongoing action that requires a practice. Okay, now, another, again, I think fascinating thing that I've kind of been learning a little bit recently. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Okay, Dr. Carolyn Leaf is a, is a neuroscientist. Okay, she's, a, she's a believer, and uh, she wrote a book called Switching on Your Brain. Okay, and, and in it, and I've, I've loved this, she, she explains that, that it takes 63 days, okay, 63 days to change the neural pathways inside your brain. Now, if you were not a uh, a science guy like me growing up, you might be kind of wondering, what does that even mean? Well, in, in layman's terms, uh, neural pathways are, are kind of the, the grooves or the channels, or again, paths, okay, inside your brain that your thoughts and your beliefs travel down, all right? So from the time that you and I are, are around six or seven years old, okay, which is when our, our subconscious is largely formed, okay, kind of amazing to think that it's formed that early in, in life, okay, but from the time that we're around six or seven, we all have these already very well-worn kind of patterns or pathways uh, that our thoughts and beliefs travel down constantly throughout every single day. Now, if those thoughts, again, back to what we were just talking about, if those thoughts and those beliefs are, are, are negative, 
Okay, if they, if they are actually lies, then they, of course, will lead us to behaviors and actions on the outside that get us into this jam, into this place where we need transformation. Okay, but, but Dr. Leaf's research shows that, that our neural pathways can actually change. Okay, just about like 10 years ago, neuroscientists didn't even think that our brains changed that much, but they're now just realizing that they actually change quite a lot. Neuroplasticity is kind of the fancy word there. Okay, but we can actually change and, and, and form brand new neural pathways uh, in, in about 63 days. Okay, as, as, as we change our, our thinking and, and, and our beliefs and our mindset. Okay, but the key to that, the key to that is consistency. We've got to be consistent in what we think about. We've got to be constant in that. Now, don't you find it kind of amazing? It, it, it's awesome, right? When, when, when science ends up just confirming what the Bible has said all along. Right? Don't you love that? I love it. That, that you and I can actually, you know, or, or truly be transformed by the renewal of our minds, okay, that's Romans 12 too, as we think about and choose to believe the right things, okay, Philippians 4 verse 8, by con consistently practicing that mindset so that it becomes habit, okay, Philippians 4 verse 9. Isn't it, isn't it wild to, to, to realize and, and understand that you and I can can experience some significant transformation in a pretty short amount of time. Like, like 63 days, that's like two months. And again, I tend to, I'll just admit to you, I tend to have only a long-term view of transformation. I tend to be a little bit slow in my tackling of, of believing the right things, thinking that, well, God is just going to kind of magically do it over the course of multiple decades. And then there's certainly a reality where transformation and our sanctification is a, is a lifelong thing, and we have to have a long-term view in, in mind here. But, but it's not just long-term growth. Growth can actually happen quite quickly. And I love that. It's so encouraging to me. And, and, and the key to this here is, is really thinking about the right things, right? It's, 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 it's meditating on and it's applying God's word, right? God's truth, and, and doing that regularly without giving up. It's why the, the psalmist said, and you've heard this verse before, this is Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart. I have hidden it deep down. I've meditated on it. I, I've, I've had it come down. It's, it's, it impacts me. He says, I've hidden my word, your word in my heart that I may not sin against you that I may not live my life in my actions, in my behaviors, in my thoughts, in my desires, in ways that go against how you have created me and how you desire me to live my life, right? Or it's why Jesus told his disciples that if you abide in my word, okay, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. Okay? And that truth will, you know it, set you free. Set you free. We've been, we've, been, we've been saved to experience freedom in these types of ways. Yet so many of us are caught up in the bondage of just going back to those lies. I'm going to travel those neural pathways in my mind over and over and over again. And we don't, we don't jam the truth into those crevices and think about it and focus on it and meditate and, and pray it into our, into our hearts. Okay, so as you think about practicing a proper mindset here, 
Again, thinking and believing what's true. I would really encourage you to do a bit of digging this week into the scriptures, okay? And look into some of those verses that specifically counteract the lies that you believe. Those verses that, that go against the, the idolatry of your heart. The, those, those verses that, that, that counteract the, the behavior and the actions that, that you want to see transform and that you engage in. And, and then seize the opportunity here, right? To, to, to do whatever it takes to get that truth pressed down deep into your mind. Into your, not just your conscious, but your subconscious. Down deep into your heart. And so a couple of things. I would encourage you to write, write out verses. Write them. Grab a journal like we talked about a bit last week. And, and, and whatever those verses are, after a Google search, you can figure out verses that correspond to my need for control or, or my desire for power or my desire for comfort that I have. Look up some verses in there and then begin. Like every morning, start your day writing those out. Well, why, don't I, why do I have to write those out? So that, that seems a little bit archaic and old school. You don't have to do it. I'm just saying there's something amazing about, about writing something and seeing it on a page, right? And when we write something out, we, have to sl- we slow down, right? It's a slower process than typing. And you write it out and, it, and you meditate on, you think a little bit more carefully about, about this truth and about what God's word is saying. So I, I would encourage you, write it out. Memorize it. Have reminders pop up on your phone what the verse is and think about that during the day. Grab somebody else who's in the church who you know kind of struggles with some of the similar things you do and, and hey, let's, let's memorize a passage together and let's encourage each other and challenge each other on this so we can get God's word into our hearts. I would also challenge you to just talk about what you're learning with people. Talk with your spouse. Talk with your kids. When, when we're learning something, I find it, you know, a good thing to try and figure out like, how, how, do I, how do I teach this, right? So as, as you're learning something, try and teach somebody what you're learning. That'll show you how much, how much you really understand and what you're grasping. If there are any gaps in your understanding, talk about what you're learning. Pray the scriptures, right? Those verses that, that you're memorizing, pray that the Lord would change you according to them. Lord, help me to hide your word, your truth in my heart that I may not sin against you, that I might be transformed. That's a powerful way to kickstart your, your prayer life, right? And as you do these things, I love the last part of verse 9 here in Philippians 4. Know that the God of peace will be with you. He is with you. You're not on your own. It's not this, this, this solo project where God's like, he better figure out how to, how to get this truth in him. No, the God of peace will be with you. He will help you. He will, he will bring peace where, where there's been a very big time lack of that in your soul as truth is bound to it. Right? And as this happens, he, 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 again, he does that spiritual work of connecting the truth to us deep down in our hearts and minds where, where it becomes sweet to us. Or becomes something that we, that we love, where, where it starts to govern us and it starts to transform how we function and how we live. Listen, there's more that we're going to talk about uh, next week. We're going to talk about what it means to live according to God's will. And as we start to, 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 to grab onto truth, it starts to transform us how we will actually live uh, according to the gospel, according to the identity that God has given us, according to his will. It won't be this cumbersome thing that we're kind of forcing, but, it, but our hearts aren't really in it. No, as we're transformed, we will live passionately for Christ. All right, so much more coming next week, but I want to pray for us uh, right now. I'm going to have the worship team uh, come on back up as we close in a time of worship, but let's pray.
God, we thank you for, again, your word, Lord, and how it directs us and it, it lines up, Lord. And even as we start to kind of think through some of, the, some of what goes on in our brains uh, and in our subconscious, Lord, how what people have just been learning in the last decade or so is what your word has been saying for thousands of years. God, how marvelous are you? Lord, how amazing is it that you knit us together, that you know us, that you created our minds, Lord. And so uh, the direction and the counsel that we receive in your word from you is because you know what is best for us. And so, God, I pray that you would encourage your church in this transformation, Lord. Lord, I pray that as we think about truth and as we think about being consistent and and applying it to our hearts and meditating on it and living out from it, Lord, I pray that you would give us grace in that process. I pray that you would help us, Lord. I pray that we would do all of these things out of a desire to, to live for you because of what you have done for us in the gospel. So God, we thank you for this time together, Lord, and I pray that you would be honored and glorified through everything that we have talked about, through, through everything that we were going to apply this week, Be honored, Lord, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.